You are listening to the Star Coach Podcast with Meg Rentschler, episode 24. Welcome to Star Coaches, the show for professional coaches that brings you coaching strategies, tools, and resources. Whatever your focus or niche, take a front seat weekly as industry leaders, decision makers, and innovators share their wisdom and expertise on the ins and outs of successful coaching. Now join your host, Meg Rentschler, as she connects you with your star coaching potential. Hey, welcome to the show. I'm your host, Meg Rentschler, executive and mentor coach and coach educator. As always, I am so happy to welcome you to the show and for you to join us and experience a little bit of Star Coaches today. As with any new endeavor, creating this podcast has involved a huge learning curve. There were lots of investment of time and energy and resources, and it's been so worth it when I hear about how the show is impacting the listeners. Just this week, one of my mentor clients, who's a new coach, told me that she was so inspired by the show, it motivated her to create a blog for her business around the concepts of happiness. You know, this coach was in that place of being just a bit overwhelmed. She's a brand new coach. She's trying to create her coaching niche and identity while having a full-time job and being a single parent and trying to take care of herself and her family. Yet when she talked about her decision to begin this blog, She was so full of energy and confidence that it was really inspiring for me to hear her talk and so heartwarming that the show impacted her in this way to kind of give her this motivation and desire to put her her own wisdom and knowledge out there in this way. There are so many different ways for us to create what our coaching identity is and to to choose our market and to build our professional presence. We live in a world that gets its information from Facebook or Yahoo News or maybe an app that was downloaded onto a smartphone. More than 1 billion people are active on Facebook and more than 100 million people use Instagram every single month. Having a solid presence with the other 433 million registered users on LinkedIn, has become a necessity when seeking work within the corporate world or even to receive recommendations. I've heard before that people, when they ask for a recommendation, the only way that the person wants to give them that recommendation is to their LinkedIn page. So they have to have a LinkedIn page. We live in a world that's so connected through the World Wide Web And that has miraculously increased our reach and at the same time created a little bit of overwhelm on how do we use that. So the question becomes, you know, how well am I using those platforms, those established networks that are there, but how do I build my business on them and let the world know who I am and what I have to offer? We all know that Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter and Instagram, Pinterest and other platforms are out there, yet it can be a bit confusing to determine the best way to use them. And that's where our fabulous guest today comes in. Tanya Smith is a creative social content strategist and a coach. 
She's described by many as a walking Google. Tanya's step-by-step snack size, marketing strategies, and training products have helped hundreds of executive coaches, business consultants, and trainers free up more time by using the internet to leverage their expertise to gain a broader reach and therefore dramatically increase their income. Her experience in online marketing perspectives have been featured on stage, in radio, in print, and in a number of well-known digital publications. Tanya shares these fresh, actionable strategies and training and virtual tools on her website at tanyasmithonline.com. I really encourage you to go explore her website. In today's interview, we explore different social media platforms and how you can work within them to maximize your reach, give value, and build your business. So let's go to our interview with Tanya Smith. I want to welcome Tanya Smith to the show today. Tanya is going to share information that we all are eager to learn which is how we can maximize the use of social media in our businesses. So Tanya, what brought you into this business? And what is it exactly within this business that you do? Well, I can tell you that it's a really long, long, long story that I'm going to make really (laughs) bite-sized. And that is um, really to kind of start it out and to fast forward it quite a bit. I'll start it out by saying that I initially started with social media as a result of a brand new coaching business, which was as a result of being a new marketer in a direct sales business that I never, I swore I'd never, ever do. (laughs) So I was invited to actually become a beauty consultant when I moved to Dallas. And it was one of those things I kind of laughed off and said, there's no way that I would ever sell anything because I'm just afraid, afraid of people, afraid to sell anything, afraid to say anything about something that I have to offer. Um, And what ended up happening is as a result of the experience in direct sales and kind of taking that leap and saying, okay, I'll try it out. I was pretty successful and realized that it, the particular product that I was selling was not really what I wanted to market but I wanted to work with other people on how to market themselves and how to market um, their services for other people. And when I became a coach, when I went into coaching and started talking to people and other business owners about marketing, one of the very first things I realized is that it was going to be super challenging to do with a full-time corporate job and a brand new baby. (laughs) Yeah. Your plate was already maybe a little full. It was a little full. And so social media, Twitter to be exact, was the one way that I could continue to still stay visible and to reach people without having to um, grow or duplicate myself, you know, three or four times and be in multiple places at once. So Twitter actually sold my very first information product, which was a, I think it was a CD where I was teaching um 
people who were looking to promote themselves in a career, teaching them steps on how to do that because my background in a corporate world is in human resources. So I really just kind of transferred those skills and kind of merged them into the direct sales skills and came up with this thing, this idea, but I realized I didn't have time to, to really be present all the time to market that thing. And so, so it was completely developed. You just needed to be able to let people know it was available. Yeah. And Twitter did that. I mean, I held a teleclass. So how I created the info product, I held a teleclass. I was using, um, you know, how we used to do just phone, not all this video and audio and things. But I used a um, free conference line and I had people call in. Um, and in order to promote that, I went out on Twitter and I posted a couple of times that I was going to have this event and posted the date and time and what number to call in. And all of a sudden, people started signing up. And I got, I think, maybe 100 or so callers onto that very first call. And it was like a light bulb moment for me that, wait, this stuff works. <laughs> so what you did with Twitter was you put out the information, the specifics of what you were going to do and when you were going to do it. And you got responses. I did. Now, I will tell you this, though. Let me be really clear, though, Meg. This was years ago. Like when Twitter was first coming out and when I was first starting as a coach. So it was years ago. And the reason why I have to say that is because things are a little bit different now in that you definitely have to have more strategy and be more intentional to be able to stand out. Twitter is so crowded right now. It's so much noise um, that there's probably a little bit of a different intent and objective that I would have today versus when I first started out and could just put a few posts out there and they went viral, right? So nowadays, it's definitely about being more intentional. And I can tell that even my own, my personal strategy for marketing has grown and has changed over time, as have all the different social networks and the way in which you interact with them. Excellent. So that's a really good segue into how would you help a coach understand the best way to use social media to increase their visibility, their credibility, their expert presence? It's a great question and it actually leads into what I do, which I didn't really say just in the opening segment. Um, I focus on working with entrepreneurs to leverage what I call snack size content. So the first thing I would tell a coach in terms of how to market themselves on any type of social platform is that content is king. You've probably heard that phrase before, but snack size content is really king. It's like royalty, the family of royalty, because when you can create a message in a short form, whether it's visual, text-based, um, video, audio, if it's any of those multimedia formats, but in a short, small bite. When you're talking short, small, what, what would a short, small, translate that for us? So here's the thing. When I think about short form, and that's a great question and a follow-up question I always get, because when I say short or small or snack size, the first question people have is how short is short? Yeah. And really, it depends on the network for which you're actually playing. Okay. So to give you an example, if I were to give you just a quick hitter example, it would be think about Twitter having only 140 characters, right? If you're thinking Twitter, then you're thinking that's headline style text. That okay. means that you're getting a single message point across in a very short amount of time. If you're thinking about video, that means within typically within your first 10 seconds and even less than that, 
is that's all you have to be able to capture someone's attention for them to continue to watch the video. So when I'm thinking short form, I'm thinking about really um, ensuring that you have impact at the very beginning, at the very front end of whatever your messaging platform would be. So you want to come out strong with that message. You want the headline to grab the attention, whether it's well, obviously in Twitter, that's pretty much all you've got. Um, what about Facebook, LinkedIn? You've got a, a little more l leverage with words there. So how do you most grab somebody's attention on those platforms? Right now, and I would say right now because this is constantly changing, but I would suggest that in terms of Facebook, LinkedIn, um, even sites like Pinterest and Instagram, really right now it's all about visual imagery complementing the text. So of course you're going to have your very clear message in text format um, and on any of those platforms that's still going to be key, but then having an image to actually complement what it is you're saying. So if you, for instance, are promoting, let's say that you're promoting some type of new service or a coaching program that you're going to be delivering, maybe you would have an image that would be reflective of who you are coaching other people. So you might find yourself, you know, having a picture of yourself talking to other people in an audience, or you may have an image depending on what the topic is about. And so let's say the topic is about uh, financial well-being. Okay, so you're a coach that teaches financial well-being courses and you have a new program coming up. Well, maybe you would have a wallet that's empty or maybe you'd have a wallet that's full. But you having that imagery to really define and kind of um, make that impact and draw the attention is going to be super important. So either an image or even really right now what's trending, I mean, on a big scale is video. But I don't want to scare your viewers just yet. So if they're brand new to snack size marketing, if they're brand new to anything on social media, probably starting out with that text, then heading into adding images, and then adding video is going to be the best path to take. So not wanting to scare anybody, but since we're heading towards video, and since that is what um, is really trending right now, mm -hmm. when so if somebody's thinking about putting a video up, What's the perfect size of a video um, that's going to get, you already said you want that first 10 seconds to grab somebody's attention. Yes. How much time after that 10 seconds, what are we looking for as a good size video? So again, this is going to depend on the platform, but here's what I'll share with you that I recently found out in the news for Facebook is that they are um, actually going to be opening up a new, um, I'll say it's a feature. But when you are scanning currently through Facebook and you're seeing videos right now, the sound is off. And about 80% of ad, video ads that you'll see on Facebook are viewed without any sound on. But what's getting ready to change, with it, I think is very important, what's going to change is that the sound will be by default on unless the Facebook user, unless that Facebook person has gone in and changed their settings to turn it off. But by default, sound will be on. What's important about that is the first four seconds will fade in the sound. So if you're talking, if there's music, if there's anything else that's going to be in your video, within that four, first four seconds, you want to have some type of captions or some type of text that will capture attention for the first four seconds because then it's going to lead into the sound portion. So really kind of thinking through your video um, in terms of that intro piece 
and then what your major point message point is and then how you're going to leave them with a call to action. If you're talking about a snack size video, no matter what platform, you probably need to keep it somewhere under 10 minutes, specifically for Facebook. LinkedIn right now does not yet have the capability for you to um, promote video from within LinkedIn. You have to upload like a YouTube video or link to a YouTube video on LinkedIn. Okay. Um, as far as Twitter, they have just a few seconds. <laughs> so you're not really. So what I'm saying is depending on your platform, your strategy might change a little bit. But when I'm talking about snack size, really think about your videos in terms of 10 minute or less videos. Um, Facebook is going to be right now the best platform to really experiment with that because you have a little bit more leeway than you do with like Instagram or Twitter or some of the other platforms. Pinterest is being used more like a search engine almost. So it's sort of like a Google, right? When people go onto Pinterest, they're looking for things like recipes or they're looking for, you know, a book or they're looking for... I do use it for quotes. Yeah. Yes, yes. And so what's interesting about Pinterest, and you'll want to experiment with this, but what I'm finding is that people will watch longer videos than they will on any other platform. So while you're doing the 10 minutes or less videos on Facebook and some of the other places, on Pinterest, you might want to consider trying to experiment a little bit and see what a 30-minute or 20-minute video might do on Pinterest because people go there to linger and to hang out and to search and to find different things, and they're spending more viewing time there. Good information. So you talked a little bit about um, videos on Facebook, and I thought, hmm, isn't um, live stuff real hot on Facebook right now? What do you What do you know about um, what do you even call it? Being live, live on Facebook Live. Well, yeah, Facebook Live. Thank you. Yes. I was putting them in the wrong order. So tell us a little bit about Facebook Live. So Facebook Live currently, and I think this is probably moving into the future because Mark Zuckerberg has been talking about this for some time now, but he, as far as Facebook goes, they're prioritizing live streaming video. And the difference between that and the videos that we were just talking about is that live streaming video is you in real time, like you and I are talking right now, is you in real time on camera with all the you know transparency that you can possibly have. You can have dogs barking in the background, a mailman ringing the doorbell, whatever else is happening. But it's not as structured sometimes as a scripted video that's pre-recorded where you can edit it and, and have it perfect, right? Live stream has become very popular and I suspect it's for a couple of reasons, but if you think about it, we're in the age of, what do they call it? Um, Real TV, yeah. So, so, so yeah, all those um, reality things, reality yes, TV, reality and, yeah, TV. yeah. And so, with reality TV becoming so popular, I think a lot of these social platforms are kind of taking advantage of that and saying, "Hey, people will know, like, and trust you at a more deeper level if, if you're they just vulnerable and you get out there." Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And I will say that I've had some friends do live. Um, Facebook Live with their audiences uh, and have gotten incredible amounts of hits and, and viewers. Um, they've really been taken aback by what Facebook Live has done. Yes. And because Facebook is prioritizing that in the Facebook stream, 
what's happening is if you're recording a live video on Facebook, it's getting first priority. So other videos, the stationary videos that we were talking about, text and image posts, all of those, any type of link post, those are going to be secondary to live video. So if you do a live video, they're promoting you. And within that first 24 hours, you're, you're hopping because people. It, can, it's saying so-and-so is live right now. Yeah. And so-and-so was live five minutes ago. And right. yeah. so it's right. all that publicity that goes with that. If you, if you want to get your name out there, if you want to, if you have something to share, consider sharing it live. Absolutely. And you can do live now on Twitter. You can do live now on Instagram. So this is something that is trending and definitely a platform to watch. Lots of fun. Now let's talk a little bit about personal accounts versus business accounts. Both on um, LinkedIn, you can have your own page and then you can have a business page. And the same for Facebook. I actually have my own page on Facebook and then I have a Focus on Results Facebook page and I have a Star Coach Facebook Facebook page. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So where I'm stuck, so let me throw it out there, is that the ways that you promote those business pages, my business pages do not have the kind of traffic that my individual page has. Now, they're also much shorter in their life. Their lifespan is not as long as my individual page. So help us out there, Tanya. What do we do? So a couple of things. Um, one of the things that Facebook has talked about is that they really want to promote engagement amongst people who are like-minded. So communities of people which they consider to be highly engaged would be like family members, friends, like true friends, not just the Facebook um, page followers or audience members for a business. And so you will find that it is easier to grow organic um, traffic, meaning traffic that you've just kind of created for yourself and um, as a result of people liking your stuff on your personal profile. It is a challenge, though, for business pages, and I think it's going to continue to be a challenge for business pages unless you are posting consistently high-quality and engaging posts. So the thing you want to think about, and those two are separate, by the way. So Facebook does have in their terms of use um, some language which I couldn't recite to you, but there's specific language around the idea that you shouldn't really be promoting business um, marketing on your personal profile. Now, the workaround is this, that when you're sharing content on your business pages, you certainly, if there are things that might be relevant to the people that are in your personal circle, you can certainly share, you know, create the post within your Facebook business page and then share it to your own timeline. And one of the things that I tend to do every now and then when I'm sharing to my own personal timeline from my business page is I will say, hey, this is for my business friends, right? This is for my business friends and I didn't want you to miss it. And then it redirects them to the business page, to that business post so that they can see the information that I shared on my page. But another thing um, as far as growing reach and getting additional views and eyeballs on your business page is it's all about that quality, high quality, engaging content. So you want to be really creative. You want to be consistent. You want to use video. So, you know, if you can get past that fear of video and do more live video on a topic that is an expert topic for you, 
that's really going to help you to grow your business. So it's you different. become live on your business page. You yes, do all absolutely. of that through your business page. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. I would highly encourage it. It is different though. You mentioned LinkedIn. Um, LinkedIn company pages, I have not seen as much success and visibility. And part of the reason why is I think that LinkedIn has been having a bit of an identity crisis. Um, I think that your LinkedIn personal profile is definitely going to generate more connection. It's where you do mostly everything. Mm -hmm. um, it's been rare that I've seen anyone have a really successful LinkedIn company page. Um, and I'm not exactly sure why, except for the fact that I think, again, that LinkedIn is still kind of strategizing around how to best position themselves when it comes to company pages. Well, and I do wonder also, LinkedIn is sort of about your business. I mean, it's, it's about, so if I have uh, my individual page in LinkedIn, it's talking about me as an executive coach. It's talking about my podcast. I mean, all those, mm -hmm. that's what it is. So yeah. to build a business page on top of that felt sort of redundant to me. And Absolutely. certainly taking traffic there, I don't visit other people's business pages on LinkedIn. I visit them on LinkedIn. Exactly. Exactly. And I think maybe that's a great point that you just made, Meg, that if it has dual purposes, then focus on the one that's going to get you the most bang for your buck, and that's going to be your LinkedIn profile. So, Good information. Good information. Any other – so you, you work with business owners. That's what you do. You um, help people succeed and, and meet their goals using social media, using bite-sized marketing. Um, what would you say are some of the, the key questions that get brought to you pretty regularly that you have to respond to? It ranges all over the place because I work with a lot of people who are brand new to social media marketing all the way to people who are more advanced and want to know how to better leverage what they've already set up. So some of the most common questions would be things like what you've been asking me today, such as the difference between a business page versus a personal page. Um, how can I make sure that my personal brand is really um, reaching the people that I want to meet? Um, my question, my comeback question a lot of times to people who are asking that is, who is it exactly that you want to meet? Who is your ideal target audience? And not just your ideal target audience, but who within that audience of people that are following you on social media, who would be a sustainable client for you? Because not everyone that follows on social is prepared to pay. <laughs> so you want to position yourself in such a way that you're going to grab both the followers, but also those people who would be most likely to pay for your services. Really good feedback. One of the things that often happens on my business page is that Facebook will say, promote this post for mm -hmm. X amount, promote this post. So a couple of times I've played with it just to see what it does. I don't know that that has, it, it's not like you can just send it to coaches. I mean, it's sort of like send it to your audience and then the people who know your, or, so I'm wondering, what's your take on the whole promote your post concept? Um, you know, they have the boost button. Yes. I think that's what you're referring to for promoting. And so that's a little different than the regular Facebook advertising. Um, right. And I would just give you this really quick tip on boosting your post. First of all, if it's a post that's already getting some engagement, 
You already see that people are either commenting or they're liking or sharing in some way. That would be the post that you would then boost. That would be the one I'd test out and say, okay, I'll pay $9 for the next two days to get more eyeballs on it. But first give it that, at least that first 12 hours to work on its own. Mm -hmm. The reason why is because I think a lot of times people will jump to paying for the post just because Facebook said, hey, this one is getting engagement, more engagement than the other post on your page. But that doesn't mean it's necessarily the one that is really hitting at something that you're trying to offer. So think about the call to action that you have within that post. Think about what it is you want people to do as a result of the post. Do you want them to like your page? Is there some place you want them to go? Um, and you mentioned something that I think is going to be really key about the target audience for your Facebook boosting of a post, because you can choose your audience. You can say, you know what, I only want to boost it and target people who are in the coaching field. And so you type in people who have interest in business coaching or in interest in life coaching, type in keywords that are specific to the type of people you want to reach. And that goes for both boosting as well as the regular Facebook advertising, which I think is a bit more intentional. Yeah, I, I knew with, with advertising, you could pick certain audiences. Mm -hmm. I must not have done the right thing when I was experimenting with my boost because it wasn't giving me an option to type anything okay. in, but I might've been missing something. I'm, I'm entirely owning the fact that <laughs> I could have, I could have missed something. I could have missed something very obvious. Well, you know, it's, it's okay. So that is all so helpful in that people are on social media. So we want to use sort of what's already there. We don't need to reinvent the wheel. Let's maximize this to work for us, right? And um, you've been able to make a business out of that because it's not something that I think a lot of people are just really comfortable with at first. Right. I've been to one of your trainings and you mentioned when you post on LinkedIn, you want to actually post on LinkedIn versus using a company that, that will put the post onto LinkedIn. Why is that? So that is a great recall because that was a point that I was talking about and it's really specific to pictures, to images. So I would do a combination and, and the reason why, so what we were talking about at that time, I believe, is the idea of using scheduling services such as Hootsuite or And I use Meet Edgar, right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So Meet Edgar, Buffer, any of those type of things. Here's the thing on LinkedIn that I've noticed. So LinkedIn has a restricted API, which is like their backend system that they use to share information, okay? So all of those different services have a certain limited access to being able to post on a schedule for you. So I would highly encourage you to definitely use a scheduler like that for any of your platforms because you don't have time to be on LinkedIn or any other social network 24 hours a day, seven days a week. None of us do. Not if we want to serve our clients, right? No, because <laughs> that's ultimately the goal is we want to serve more people. But if you're posting images, and especially with the latest design that LinkedIn has now released within the past couple of weeks, they've been rolling out a brand new layout, which is much more simplified and more minimalistic. So there's a lot more white space. Mm -hmm. I believe that that is primarily designed to really showcase and highlight images. And maybe video if they're coming up with video in the near future, which I suspect they will too. 
But the thing, the key is, is if you're currently using Buffer or Meet Edgar or Hootsuite or any of those type of platforms, at the time of us talking right now, when you use those and you post an image, it shows up as a little tiny little rectangle. What you want is for your image to really stand out, especially with the new layout. So in order for you to let it stand out and to be the size that it's intended to be, you upload that manually onto LinkedIn. So you want to go directly to LinkedIn and post from within LinkedIn if there's an image that you really want to showcase. Okay. So what I would say for an example with that is when I, each week when my podcast comes out, I go directly to LinkedIn and put that new image up. I want everybody to know who, who's on this week, what they're talking about. I want it to be big and bold. But I also want LinkedIn to have ongoing updates that, as Tanya has pointed out, I do not have time to go several times a week and, and repost. So Meet Edgar is the, I'm not, I'm not promoting Meet Edgar. It's just kind of who I use. So my scheduler um, sends out to LinkedIn several times a week, update or just promotions for different shows that have been on across the months. Mm -hmm. um, but boy, that new, that new announcement, I want that new announcement to be big and bold and for everybody to see it. Yes, that's a perfect example because people can see that it's new, it's fresh, and it's large. <laughs> it's going to really stand out in the news feed that you have a brand new post and direct them to go see it. Absolutely. Thank you so much for your knowledge and, and sharing it. How do people know more about you and reach out to you if, if, they're, if they're wanting more of what you've got? Um, probably right now, the best way to connect is to connect with me on Facebook because that's where I'm spending a lot of time with our brand new group. So we have a group of people um, in something called Snack Size Content Creators. That's the name of the group where we're really focusing on how to actually leverage short form micro content. And that would be a really excellent way for you to learn more and to get more tips and resources. We're going to be doing some live trainings. I actually have a Facebook live training that's coming up this evening that talks about what to share on Facebook. We will have all of that information on starcoachshow.com so you can connect with Tanya and learn more about snack size content creation and all of her other wonderful content. Thanks again for being with us. Thank you. I appreciate it. And I'm so glad to be here. Tanya had such great energy and I can certainly see how come she's considered a walking Google resource on how we can utilize social media platforms. She was such a joy to spend time with. If you would like to know more about Tanya Smith, Snack Size Content Creators, or about this show, visit StarCoachShow.com. All the information about Tanya will be on our resource page. And feel free to peruse around the site, including signing up for the book giveaway. We just did a drawing for Turbocharge, How to Transform Your Business as a Heartpreneur by Terry Levine. And now we are featuring Results Coaching, which has been provided by one of its authors, Fran Schuster, our guest from episode 14. These awesome books are being won by the listeners who take a minute to sign up for the book giveaway. You won't win if you don't sign up. I can pretty much guarantee that. 
but you have a great chance of winning if you do sign up. So go to the contact page at starcoachshow.com for more information. As I said at the beginning of the show, I am so gratified about the way that the show is impacting listeners so very positively. And I would really like to increase our reach, but I need your help to do it. It will really help the show if you could rate and review on iTunes. So to make it easier, because I've heard from some people that they're not exactly sure how to do that, I've installed a link on starcoachshow.com that will allow you to easily access iTunes and give a rating. I would be so grateful if you could just take a minute to do that. And this is a way of letting others know what you're gaining from the show and hopefully attract even more listeners to the show and other great guests to share their information. So I want to thank you in advance for doing that. I also want to remind you that the membership site is coming up. So keep your ears and eyes open for more information about that. This is Meg Rentschler wishing you the very best for your coaching success. We'll see you next week.